I love this next guest. He was kind enough to join us this Memorial Day weekend. Let's welcome in my personal physician. It is Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, how are you, sir? And how are things in New York? Well, it's getting better here, actually. You know, the hospitals aren't packed. Uh, we, the state's opening up, which is nice news. Do you have any concerns as things start opening up? I know we're worried about a second wave. What are your concerns as a doctor? Well, of course I'm concerned, but I trust the American public to learn that, that we don't want to throw away the wonderful lead we built up by uh, you know home quarantining for a couple months. And I suspect most people are going to be thoughtful about the risk they'll take. Listen, the big message here is other countries have opened up safely. They've been able to you know, deal with small brush fires of the current virus, but we got to be clever, right? So six feet of distance is the number one thing you should all remember. If you're closer than six feet to somebody for more than 15 minutes, that's considered a close contact. So if that person gets sick, you, you have to self-quarantine. Who wants to do that for two weeks? Right. If they get sick, yeah, either you get sick up dramatically. So both at work and pleasure. I mean, the big issue at the beach is not the water. You're not going to get sick in the water. You're not going to get sick walking on the beach. You're going to get sick because someone walks up to you, starts talking to you, and in an animated fashion, makes little sputum clouds around their head as they tell you some fascinating story right. which you hadn't heard, and then you catch COVID-19. That's how it gets spread. Right. How long do you think we're going to have to wear masks? Six months, a year? What do you think? I mean, I, th- I think we're going to have vaccine candidates that are already usable by early part of next year. And masks, I don't think, are necessary, for example, if you're walking on the beach by yourself. They're necessary if you're in crowded locations. So, for example, I put a mask in my pocket. Uh, walk along Lakeshore, wherever you're going to walk. And then when you go to a crowded place uh, to get food or go to a public bathroom, which is probably the worst place you can be these days. Right. We know there's a virus particle there. Cause we, and then, of course, if you're not sure, wear the mask. And I, and I think by the time we sort of get our feet under us again, which will be another, you know, let's say July-ish. Yep. I, I, I think by the middle of July, most of the country will have its feet under it and they'll feel pretty good about what they can and can't do. And I, I tell you what I do personally, when I'm in a place where I don't know who's around me, I put a mask on immediately. Right. Uh, if I'm driving in the car by myself, I don't worry about it. If I'm walking, if I'm running even outside, it's hard to run with a mask on. As long as I'm not in a really crowded place, I look away from people as I run by them or they run by me more likely. Right. And that way I'm not breathing their air in my face. That makes sense. We're talking with Dr. Oz. You've been doing your show from home and you have your family all hands on deck. What happens if one of the kids want to complain to HR? Well, HR is my wife, so it didn't get them very far. She, she runs, you know, I tell you, when we started out, everyone had a specific role because we couldn't imagine doing this. I don't know if you feel this at home, but I learned how to put my own makeup on, which I know sounds like it's not a lot, but as a guy, that was not a normal process. I right. never paid attention to it. After all these years, I, was, I did the Oprah show. I did 80 shows at Oprah. They always say my face with stuff, and I could never figure out how to do that. Now I can, I can make a foundation. I got the moisturizer first. Don't forget that. They get the powder on. Right. They're laughing. But for the guys out there, it's the hardest thing I do every day. Putting on your makeup. And uh, is Daphne still cooking like crazy? I've seen her all over your Instagram, and you're on her Instagram. She's there with you. And are you gaining weight with her cooking? Well, ironically, you bring that up because I'm talking with this great pollster, Mike Berlin, on the quarantine 16. So here's the deal. I did not gain weight. I'm exactly what I started at, but I was disciplined about two things. I worked out every single day. Mm -hmm. I don't care how tired I was. I worked out for at least 20 minutes, usually closer to 45, 50 minutes. And then the second thing I decided is I would not have my first meal of the day till after 10 o'clock. That way, I limited the number of hours I was eating. So even if we had a big meal, because Daphne cooked something up, and you know, she, she ran the quarantine kitchen, uh, which I guarantee would give you 15 pounds if you ate that every day. The quarantine but, uh, kitchen, did. yes. So, so she would cook these dishes, and then by, my wife's a chef too, so by 7.30 we'd have dinner, but then at 8.30, kitchen closed, no more. So I, I would go 13, 14 hours without eating. That, to me, 
is the most valuable tactic you can use if you want to lose weight. Right. You uh, you talked about that at the beginning of the year. We had you on in January about the uh, yeah. the fasting from 13 to 16 hours was your thing, right? Well, you know, I learned that from Hugh Jackman, who used it to lose and gain weight uh, in Wolverine and these other action movies he would make. But he learned it from the bodybuilders. I mean, the reason all these movie stars look like gazelles on these award shows is because they're able to to use these tactics. But then, you know, it's it doesn't cost you any money. Mm-hmm. It's super easy to do. You sleep better at night because your intestines are asleep with you. But when you're in quarantine, when you're sort of locked down, you can't get as much natural daily activity. Right. And it's a very very wise way to make it a little easier not to put tons of pounds on. Because you know what happens is, when I surveyed the audience, 51% of our audience said they're gaining weight. But listen carefully, Pete. 28% didn't know. Now, what does that mean? Oh, I mean, my didn't gosh. get on a scale. Oh, wow. Right? So that means you actually know what's going to happen when you get on the scale. They didn't want to know. We're talking with Dr. Oz. i got to ask you about President Trump. He uh, announced this week that he's taking hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug. And we've talked about this a few times. He's taking it every single day. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, you know, he discussed it with his doctor, which is the most you're going to ask anybody to do. It's a medication that they noticed in China that was associated with not getting the virus. That's never been shown in a randomized trial. The good news is that Dr. Bullard at the University of Minnesota ran a trial. I had him on the show. We supported him as much as possible to recruit patients. So he got over 1,000 patients who actually they took hydroxychloroquine, and they wanted to see if these are all first responders. These people are always exposed to the virus. Mm-hmm. Could you get a, a reduction in the number of people who actually got the virus if you use this medication? The, the data still hasn't been published. He won't reveal it until it does get published, but I'm hoping any day now we'll have that. Then we won't have to guess if it's a smart move or not. How about stress on families? My son's been e-learning. He's got about a week left of school. My wife's working from home. I'm working from home, but I come to the radio station. I mean, there's a lot of stress on families right now. What can we do? Well, the thing about stress, stress is normal. It's how you cope with it. That's the big challenge. And especially when you're homeschooling, you mentioned your child. The kids are the isolation generation. They're, they're lonely. And uh, they, they, now you take away the little bit of school activity they had together, torturing the teacher. And now they're really on their own. And, I, and I'm seeing it uh, as well. And they're frustrated and angry. And I, my message to my kids, and I think it applies to everyone's children and probably to each of us as well, is you've got to find some passion, something to do, some way to make a difference. And especially right now, COVID-19, when there's so much pain going around, there are opportunities to ship in. Make cards for people who are by themselves. See if an elderly couple near you who can't go out because they're high risk needs anything from you. When you have a purpose like that, it gives you hope automatically. And I think that's been the salvation of humanity throughout years. Because, listen, pandemics, we call it a pandemic, but humans always had bad connections that destroy our population. That's why we're so so fearful of what this could be. Right. And one of the ways you managed to hang in was to be a safety net for each other. Right. And uh, how about a schedule? Should we have a daily schedule? I mean, uh, it works for us. I feel like everybody should have some type of schedule, something to look forward to. 100%. I don't know how you can get through this. You can't tell the days apart. So everyone ought to have a morning routine at least. Because, listen, the morning you control. The afternoon you got to deal with stuff. But the morning is your time. This is true after the quarantine, too. Get up at the same time, do the same kind of workout, you make the same kinds of meals. You know, if it's schooling, for example, you gotta get you gotta be there a certain hour, get dressed, <laughs> you know, shave, do you know, take care of your hair, do the things that you would normally have done. That brings a routine to your life. And without that routine, I think most of us start to get uh, unmoored, right? We lose our foundation. We, we, we start to slip. Well, it's so important for people to wake up and take a shower. I've heard from so many people that <laughs> leave their pajamas on all day, Dr. Oz. Yeah, I tell you, especially now that you have a chance to go out, you have even more reason to take a shower. But the beauty of where we are is 
we, you know, they're, they're not sure how it's all going to turn out, but generally speaking, we know if we follow in the footsteps of countries who have been successful yep. at staying open or, or getting open, we'll be in there. So taking a shower is a rational thing to start practicing again because you're going to be doing a lot of it as we get back up and running. Right. And uh, one last thing. I know you spent a lot of time here being on the uh, Oprah Winfrey show. Did you watch The Last Dance on ESPN? I couldn't help myself to watch it, yes. And I actually, you know, I followed, I, everyone loved the Bulls because they were such an incredible team, but you know, I didn't know all the drama after the fifth NBA championship that what it took to get the sixth. That's right. the part that was stunning to me. Isn't that crazy? Did I you, mean, it's got to bring. Did you enjoy it? I, I absolutely loved it because uh, I, I, I lived it. I was lucky enough to go to a lot of games. I, I was wondering, did you get to go to any of those championship games in 98? Well, I saw them play the Nets late in the season. And Michael Jordan, they were, they were down, the Bulls were down by about five points. They were playing in New Jersey. And uh, he just took the ball down the court three times in a row, scored, the game was over. And I, I remember just sitting there. I was actually courtside. I take Someone had taken me who had courtside thinking, and I watched it up close, and I just, there, there was no question. He just took the ball, went down, you know, 20 feet out, spin, shoot, you can't stop him. Right. And he did it three times in a row, and the game was over. And I sort of looked around, and it was like he waited. You know, he waited for the first 100 points to get scored. And he scored a bunch. Other people scored a bunch. He got Scotty Pippen got a bunch, and then he decided, okay, I'm going to take over the game. That's him. He's a beast. That's a perfect <laughs> example of a guy that can pre-visualize doing anything. Oh, my goodness. It is. He did it well. I was at the uh, NBA Celebrity All-Star game. I played last year, and he was in the little green room area, so I got to talk to him for a while because he's big into golf now. And uh, it, the, the man has a lot of confidence, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So pre-visualization is a big part of it, but having a game plan even before that, it's critical. He's done it. The game plan. How is your game? You got a good three-point shot? What's your game? No. No, my, 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 you know, first of all, I'm a much better passer than shooter. I'm not bad <laughs> from the top of the key. <laughs> but the most important, but I still, I, I, and, uh, in, in, my, in my day, because you know, I played football in college. I was never a basketball player, but what? my roommates all played basketball. What? Yeah. You played football at, where? At Harvard. I was a safety. You're kidding. And so my... Yeah, so I would play basketball just to fool around, to stay in shape, and to get my legs, you know, moving quicker. But I, you know, basketball to me was a away game. I could never keep up with those guys. They, first of all, they jump through the roof, and uh, they have a unique. They they feel the ball going through the rim. I can't believe you played D one football, and we've known each other forever. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, I, I think I probably got into college because of that. Wow, <laughs> that is impressive. Well, happy Memorial Day weekend. I appreciate your time, and uh, God bless. It's good to hear your voice. God bless. Please take care of yourself, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. Dr. Oz, everybody.